to the last in the second series of Don't Share With Mother, a podcast that's the antidote to insomnia. Are you sitting uncomfortably? Good, for it's time to finish with a story that's got something of a mouthful for its title. It's called But on the Moon, Episode 4, A New Pub. Oh, and I'm about to go all Dennis Waterman on you. Sorry! We're off to Green Bay's Hill stands but on the moon pub. It overlooks the whole of Cardboard City, a place made up of household rubbish that's been upcycled. There's no mistaking the dilapidated old carton, for it's bound by flickering neon fairy lights that help it stand out from the black velvet night sky. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy, although it's now under new management, so things should begin to improve. Far, far away in the Dagobah system, which in truth is just a little suburb on the other side of Cardboard City, lives a drunkard called Mr. Fork. He assumed that name because he's got the finest Sheffield steel forks for arms. His home is a shoebox that used to house a pair of US size 3 sneakers. What's that, Mr. Fork? You wish there'd been a UK size 12 trainer? Is that because you have to share your space with others? Mr. Fork's nodding. He lives in the box with his wife, Mrs. Fork, and their young son, Charlie Chip Fork. I have to agree, it does look very cramped in there. But you do know you could always get a free extension just by ordering something from Amazon. Mr. Fork standing outside the box he calls home. He's on an off-cut of AstroTurf that's surrounded by a lollipop stick picket fence. It may look as though he's admiring a binary sunset. Mr. Fork's actually gazing towards the distant but on the moon. The lush wonders what beer they serve inside, as he's never been there. He's always wanted to, it's just he's never had the means to get there. Until today, that is. For Mr. Fork's bought his first car, a second-hand one, mind. I've heard it's dirty and old like Mr. Fork himself. He can't wait to get behind the wheel and head off to said watering hole. As Mrs. Fork said you can go, Hmm, I've got a bad feeling about this. Why, there's Charlie with a sponge on the end of his chip fork. He's next to a mound of foam that's about ten times bigger than him. What are you doing, Charlie? Charlie's pointing at the bubbles and says he's cleaning his old man's car. Apparently, he's not even getting paid for his efforts. I don't know who's the more foolish, the drunken fool or the young fool who follows his commands. Is it time to rinse off the suds, Charlie? It is. Charlie's already started to wipe away the white froth for the big reveal. Now clearly it won't be a Ford. Or a Jaguar. My money's on something rather more understated. Charlie, is that really just an empty can of special brew lying on its side? Mr. Fork and Charlie Chip Fork are admiring the clean, albeit scratched and dented, can, I, I mean car. 
a weary-looking Mrs. Fawkes coming to join them. She doesn't seem to share their enthusiasm. Whatever's the matter, Mrs. Fawkes? Mrs. Fawkes upset because her alcoholic husband's blown their savings on the half-crumpled beer can to just, and I use her words here, fuck off down the pub. She says some of it would have been better spent on a tin opener to finally get into a giant tin of baked beans that's been gathering dust. Plus there's a large plastic funnel that still needs shifting to the garage. No, Mr. Fork, I don't think that was the response Mrs. Fork was hoping for. Mr. Fork's shown two prongs to his hungry wife and is off to the boozer regardless. He says he knows the can of tramp juice may look like a piece of junk to some, but it can make 0.5 past light speed, so he should still make the end of happy hour. Do you even know how to drive, Mr. Fork? What do you mean it can't be that hard? No, automatic doesn't mean driverless. Are you pissed already? Are you sure? Was that beer can full when you bought it? Do I need to breathalyze you? Why do you find my lack of faith disturbing? As we leave a thirsty Mr. Fork to wend his way through the streets of Cardboard City, I must explain how Butt on the Moon's become his only hope of enjoying an intoxicating beverage away from the family home. For years, Mr. Fork used to get drunk at the nearby Raise the Roof, but it effectively became the raise to the ground when it was demolished a fortnight ago, with a derelict land already earmarked for student housing. So, Mr. Fork turned to the leg before Wicket Sports Bar, which was also within walking distance, though he drank that establishment dry in one innings. And let's just say the only other local was effectively ruled out last night, when Mrs. Fork caught her husband texting the barmaid from the cock in mouth. Mr. Fork stopped at Spaghetti Hoop Island. It's a very confusing roundabout with all manner of roads leading away from it. Are you lost, Mr. Fork? Apparently so. It's the fourth time Mr. Fork's ended up here and he's now using a pair of cotton reel binoculars to try and get his bearings. And Mr. Fork says he's spotted the pub and is going to head in that direction. Uh, that's no butt on the moon, Mr. Fork. It's a packet soup service station. You are looking the wrong way. You're going the wrong way! Luckily for Mr. Fork, a temporary diversion route for Roadworks has delivered him to Butt on the Moon. An old drinking partner, Mr. Spanner, is just pulling in too. Mr. Spanner's a mechanic who drives whatever's left by his customers overnight. Today it's a bottle of malt vinegar with a leaking flip-top cap. Mr. Fork says hello and jokes that his friend's an overweight glob of grease. Mr. Spanner shakes his head. He'd shrug his shoulders too, but he finds it a wrench with his arms. Working the door of Butt on the Moon tonight is the rather ugly-looking Mr. Masher, who's been told to prevent any undesirables or those who are underage from entering. He doesn't seem to like the cuss of Mr. Spanner's jib and is asking Mr. Fork for some ID. You don't need to see his identification, Mr. Masher. These aren't the anthropoids you're looking for. Well, that was easier than I thought. Mr. Mash has pulled back one of Butt on the Moon's great flaps and has let them go in. Inside Butt on the Moon, Mr. Fork and Mr. Spanner are taking in the loud music and stale air. It's clear the smoking ban's yet to be enforced at the lopsided tavern, which is worrying given the amount of flammable material on show. 
Someone's waving to the pair behind the wine box bar. They look quite small as they can barely see over the top. Hmm, I think it's Miss Bottle Opener. Hello, Miss Bottle Opener. Aren't you a little short for a bartender? Miss Bottle Opener says she hasn't heard that one before. I think she's being sarcastic. She's certainly good at her job, but she's already pulled the boys their first beer. It's safe to say Mr Fork's not hanging around as he likes a nice West Coast IPA. He's downed his and is asking Mr Spanner to get the next round in as well. I think this could be a busy night for Miss Bottle Opener and a cheap one for Mr Fork. Back at the family box, Mrs Fork's been working hard. She's put Charlie to bed, managed to move the funnel into the garage herself and is now dusting the tin of baked beans. Is that the doorbell, Mrs Fork? Mrs Fork hasn't heard me, but it does seem someone's arrived as she's opening the door. I can't quite see who it is, but she tells them she's sorry about the mess. It looks like whoever it is has been invited inside. Over at Butt on the Moon, Mr Fork and Mr Spanner are trying to hustle a pair of locals at a game of darts. They'll do anything for a free drink. It's not looking too promising though as the drawing pins they're using keep slipping out of Mr Spanner's greasy jaws. Mr and Mrs Bullhook are 200 points ahead and only need a bullseye for victory, which is as easy as hitting a womp rat. Though they must wait their turn as Mr Fork is at the matchstick hockey. Use the forks, Mr Fork! Oh well, it looks like Mr Fork's taken heed of my advice as he's just thrown himself at the paper dartboard. Both of his forks have landed and he's now hanging from them, desperate for Mr Spanner to work out how many points his eight prongs have earned before gravity causes him to fall and rip the target to shreds. Mr Spanner says seven of them add up to 240, with the eighth and final one in double five. It looks like they've won. Oh, the bullhooks begrudgingly agree to buy Mr Fork and Mr Spanner their beers for the rest of the night. Mr Fork and Mr Spanner are slumped at a beer mat table. I don't think they need any more drinks as one of them's forked and the other one's spannered. They could both be about to get mashed as it's been an age since Miss Bottle Opener rang the bell for last orders. Here comes Mr Masher. He picks up the pair and throws them outside by their vehicles. Mr Fork is telling Mr Spanner that he loves him. Mr Spanner returns the sentiments. Mr Fork goes on to say that despite what he said earlier, Mrs Fork is kind of alright and says she may not look like much but she's got it where it counts. Who said romance is dead? Oh, what are they up to now? No, Mr Fork, no, Mr Spanner, you shouldn't be getting in your cars. You're too drunk to be behind the wheel. Oof. Well, that's a relief. They've both collapsed on their respective back seats so they'll be able to sleep off the drink there. Though it looks as though Mr Spanner's flip-top cap's leaking like the bottle of vinegar he's in. Oh, there's liquid everywhere. Mrs Fork's looking at a five-pence piece clock and wonders what time her husband will be rolling in. She seems, well, I was going to say furious, but it's more like nervous. Are you okay, Mrs Fork? Oh, I think I've startled Mrs Fork and her guest. I've just noticed is sitting in the corner, all exhausted looking and covered in some kind of bean juice. 
Is that you, Mr. Tin Opener? Mr. Tin Opener is shaking his head and seems flustered. He says it's not him, and even if it was, he'd have only been there to help Mrs. Fork open the large tin of baked beans. He's now leaving rather hurriedly. Yes, I know, Mrs. Fork. That's what Mr. Tin Opener said. Mrs. Fork says Mr. Tin Opener's been using his expertise to open the baked beans, though we don't know how, as the lid's still on. And it's a ring pull. But come to think of it, that juice on Mr. Tin Opener didn't look like it was tomato. Just what have he and Mrs. Fork been up to? Hmm. Under the black velvet night sky, all is still in Cardboard City. High up on Green Bay's hill outside but on the moon, Mr. Fork snoring in the back of his can of spesh. Far, far away, Mrs. Fork and Charlie Chip Fork are asleep too. Good night to the three of you, and good night to you. May the Forks be with you, always. We've been to on the moon episode four a new pub reminding us to get out once in a while don't drink and drive family is family mates are mates and be careful with your beans a don't share with mother is written and recorded by me martin winch in a house made of something slightly more robust than cardboard but not much bigger than a shoebox aside from the theme tunes all music for this episode was created by syntropy and comes courtesy of epidemicsound.com along with the various sound effects Hannah Tobin's wonderful doodles accompanied the series on social media and the like, so a big thank you to her. And thanks again for listening. Don't Share With Mother will return with a third series, kicking and screaming your way at some points in the early new year. Check the socials for more details. Your best bets to search for DS With Mother on Linktree. Until next time, take care. <laughs>